Two weeks ago, I warned you of the ongoing plan of the German bishops to hold a synod, a national synod of their bishops, that will almost certainly lead to a schism in the church, if there isn't one already, at least a de facto one, if they get their way. Last week, I told you that despite Francis's public statements opposing the German synod and the plans those bishops have announced, Francis has ordered the Italian bishops to do the same thing, to hold a synod of their own. Both synods will be characterized by heterodoxy, and at least some material divergence from the traditional deposit of the faith, especially for the Germans. The embracing of innovation and secular norms in the church are being driven by a desire to make the church answer to the laity and be more liked by the world. And they have announced clear breaks from Big T tradition, one of the pillars of the faith. And it is being done in the name of pleasing the laity and the world. Now, a synod is being announced in a major American diocese, and it will feature heavy lay input like the Germans, the Italians. Even the Australians and the Irish have their own ones in the works. What will come from this? Probably nothing good, given that the laity, on average, hold opinions that reject the formal teaching of the church on numerous touchy subjects and instead want to embrace secular norms. The diocese in question is the Diocese of Dallas, headed by Bishop Burns. The announcement was made late last week that a synod would launch in that diocese on the 12th of December, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. I'm going to provide you an excerpt from his pastoral letter, and and it does accompany a decade-long time frame for enacting various things the Synod will decide, and it's got you know, a whole lot of benchmarks and all that kind of thing. I'm going to skip over the time frame so much, but it goes from 2021 to 2031, so just bear that in mind. And some of what he says in this pastoral letter will sound fine, and some of it is. But there are some of the typical neo-Catholicism language we hear in most modern documents of the church. But here is the pastoral letter announcing the synod. It's, it's not long. This pastoral letter presents a vision to renew the church in the Diocese of Dallas after the historic present situation. The starting point for the pastoral letter is a reflection on the journey through Lent, Easter, Ascension, and Pentecost. The document highlights recent events surrounding the present situation as a perfect opportunity to embrace once again the apostolic mission. That is to say, the pastoral plan points to the need for the same drive, zeal, and passion of the original apostles to go out into the world to transform it and spread the message of Jesus to the ends of the earth. The document offers a review of the state of the Diocese of Dallas, reflecting on the four years of Bishop Burns' Episcopal ministry in the diocese. While highlighting the strengths of the diocese, Bishop Burns emphasizes the importance of lay involvement, keeping the pastoral activity and personal involvement of the diocese flourishing. Recognizing that the present situation has taken its toll on discipleship and could lead to members of the diocese to becoming complacent, Bishop Burns presents a pastoral plan that provides a historic response to historic affliction. Bishop Burns announces that he will convene a synod for the Diocese of Dallas. The last diocesan synod took place in 1934, nearly 87 years ago when it was convened by Bishop Lynch. The diocesan synod process will begin on December 12, 2021, on the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which is strategically placed 10 years before the 500th anniversary of Our Lady of Guadalupe's appearance to San Juan Diego. The diocesan synod process will include significant time for listening sessions in the parishes of the diocese. 
These listening sessions will be facilitated by the Diocesan Preparatory Commission, which will be responsible for proposing the preparatory documentation for the Synod. The multi-day Synod event will take place in 2024, close to the 90th anniversary of the 1934 Synod. The years following the Synod will be utilized for implementation of the approved resolutions. This time will be used also to focus on the spiritual, pastoral, and temporal renewal of the diocese. The pastoral plan will conclude on December 12, 2031, with a large mass to celebrate the 500th anniversary of Our Lady of Guadalupe's appearance to San Juan Diego and the conclusion of this decade-long journey of faith and revitalization. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. All right. Some of that sounds fine. It's honestly nice to hear a bishop talking about spreading the gospel and mimicking the apostles. Heaven forfend, right? But aside from lending legitimacy to what's going on out there, the present situation, as it were, the problem comes with these listening sessions. We know how those will go. The vast majority of Catholics have expressed support for rejecting Pope Paul VI Humanae Vitae, which, despite the document's flaws, was still a brave, had some brave statements made in it, all things considered. The Lady of expressed support for Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church's bridge-building campaign, and want to expand ordination to fit the demands of the secular world. In other words, a listening session with the Lady, honestly, can't really accomplish much good, except for maybe illustrating to the bishop how far from the deposit of the faith the late, much of the Lady, anyway, have fallen. There is an opportunity here, though, if you live in that diocese. Go to that listening session and demand, with respect, the bishop focus on the fact that only one in three Catholics professes belief in the real presence of our Lord in the Eucharist, and that so few Catholics go to confession on a regular basis, and the fact that most Catholics reject what the Church teaches on these deposits that I've already outlined. That is the real opportunity, and if you live in that diocese, I implore you to take advantage of it. These things are rare. The last one of these was almost 100 years ago. But there's more to this synod than that. A couple of red flags I need to point out to you because there is an undercurrent to this synod that isn't friendly to the cause of the traditional Catholics. Under the heading of Embracing the Apostolic Mission on the document that the bishop referenced, which is called The Journey Through Lent, Easter, Ascension, and Pentecost, Announcement of Diocesan Synod and Post-Present Situation, Pastoral Plan for the Diocese of Dallas, we get the following. Bear with me on this quote. Quote, it is time to recover the faith and original apostolic community, to implore the risen Lord as they did, to beg him to set our hearts on fire again with the zeal of the Holy Spirit which came upon them in the upper room at Pentecost, to ask for the strength to set out to the ends of the earth with a willingness to do and to suffer anything if only to preach Christ crucified and risen as the only hope for the world. The people of that day said of the Christians, See how they love one another. This sacrificial love bore witness to their faith in Jesus. To look to the original apostolic community for inspiration is not an exercise in nostalgia, a longing for the good old days, or a flight from the present world and its multiple upheavals, social, moral, spiritual, etc. Otherwise, it comes from my own reflections on what the apostles faced and where they were sent. End quote. 
Note the language rejecting what he calls nostalgia and longing for the good old days. Dallas is known as one of the hotbeds of the traditional movement, with numerous Latin masses available and numerous public figures residing in that diocese imploring the faithful to keep the traditional faith, to live as Catholics historically lived, and to seek sanctity while rejecting the innovations and secular program that emerged from the council. Obviously, the bishop is aware of this. How could he not be? And this is a call out to that reality in his diocese, and a subtle one at that, a subtle jab at the traditionalists. No, we're not looking back, but looking forward all while apparently invoking the apostles and promoting modernism. Since modernism is beneath nearly everything in the church now, and the lady have been thoroughly modernized. And by the way, the, the getting back in touch with the apostles bit that he says there is uh, reminiscent of one of the concepts that the, um, we'll say, the uh, syllabus of errors <laughs> roundly rejects, as does the uh, most of the, pre the preconciliar popes roundly rejected trying to make the church more like the apostolic church. They called that an error of the modernists, and they go into a lot of reasons for that. But let's continue. The second flag is, of course, the numerous references to Francis, which isn't surprising either. Quote, More importantly, it comes from my reflection on the person and message of Jesus, and on his call to discipleship and reliance on his promise to be with us until the end of time. Pope Francis has spoken of the infinite creativity, quote-unquote, of the Holy Spirit, and the need for us to not sit, quote-unquote, on the sidelines of this march of living hope, and let things pass us by, rather to be engaged actively in life and in the world as it is given to us. Our mission to this world demands new initiatives and creativity in teaching the truth and living the faith. I believe the Holy Spirit, who infuses the hearts, minds, and souls of the original community to such dramatic effect, is the same Spirit given to us now here in the Diocese of Dallas, equipped with the courage to face what is necessary and committed to doing what is right and just, end quote. More of that God of Surprises language that Francis loves. The infinite creativity of the Spirit is an invitation to more innovation, more changes in the teaching of the faith, and more ambiguity. What the Church needs are more figures like Frank Sheed, Cardinal Manning, Cardinal Lodoviani, St. John Vianney, and numerous others who told the truth even when it was unpopular to do so, that is what is needed. Listening sessions and other synonyms for accompaniment, well, we've been there. We've done that. And only one in three Catholics believes in the real presence, according to pretty much every Pew Research poll done on the issue. In closing, I implore that if you live in the Diocese of Dallas, that you go to the Synod and you participate. It is your right to do so, according to everything the bishop outlined here. Maybe it's your duty. Witness to the authentic faith and ask the bishops to teach the faith even when it is unpopular, to stand up for those unpopular church positions that the laity demand to be changed to be in keeping with the norms of the world. Instead, have him teach the authentic faith. That's all we're asking. Please consider doing that. And as always, pray for the church. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.